0: Welcome to Resilient Science, a show where we spend 10 to 15 to 20 to 25 minutes each week trying to better understand a topic around hockey, rehab, and the science behind it. I'm Dr. Ben Cernick. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I'm a strength coach. I'm a goalie coach, and I'm a graduate student researching how we can do better at practice in hockey. As always, I'm here with nine-time pro goalie, Jamie
2: Phillips. Hello, I am Jamie Phillips. I am a former professional goalie, current doctor of physical therapy student, getting a lot closer to being done my didactic work, I am at home in Canada in my childhood bedroom, and it looks exactly like I left it when I was 16 years old and moved away to play junior. You can see Hendrick. Like... If you're watching yeah. on YouTube, you'll see Lundqvist rocking some really sweet TPS pads. Uh, yeah. Wow. That is that nope, is so before many. We, before we move on, the Lake State goalie because Tech played Lake State last night, uh I, Isley Sam Isley I, think, I always thought it was something different That was easel but it's Isley but anyways he has CCM pads but he did the old TPS Lundquist design on it nice they are They. you know what I hate to say anything good about another team's uh, goalie they are very nice pads are they really cool v- oh oh yes were are they like were, go if you're I'll listening look up. I'll look it up yeah go go look it up and give him a high five on that because they're very well done very well
0: that counter question before we actually talk about stuff today are they nicer than vazzy's ba- vapor bowers which like i had those bauer vapors as a 12 a, a year old <laughs> and like they were some of the best and worst pads
2: i've ever worn um, um so i wonder if i could find we could find a pair of those vapor 30s kicking around are they vapor 30s or these bower vapor
0: no, the like the the vapor like the ones that had like the air pockets yeah. on the side. Yeah, I wonder the if vapor we could 30s.
2: find some of those in like a secondhand shop. Anyways, no, the Vassies are. Why well, I saying Vassies, like we're we're friends. Um, very Close personal friend. Yeah, those are really nice. One thing, like I know CCM does the digital print. Um, I do think Bauer is still better in terms of those little details, and like those show depth. And I think that is really cool because it show, It looks like those air pockets are actually full of air. Welcome to Resilient Hockey Design. <laughs> <laughs> resilient UX Graphic
0: Design. <laughs> um, all right, Jamie. Uh, we we're actually going to do something productive today. Shift yes. gears. We've talked a lot about really, like, really uh, on-ice specific things for the past little couple weeks. So we're going to shift things to off-ice um, as we approach a little holiday break. Uh, people might be a little bit, you know, getting through these last few weeks as we approach maybe some time off for some people, but then most importantly, into the second half of the season. And then for our minor hockey people, like strangely close to playoffs already and strangely close to to end of like three quarters of the way through seasons. I think stuff starts in February. Um, and so our topic today, Jimmy, is going to talk about like in-season training, what you should be doing if you aren't doing anything um what you might be doing that's maybe a little bit too much not enough or what that can differently look like so jamie leave us off
2: yeah that's this is a good question and it's there is no clear answer although there are some things that are definitely better than others it's important to manage your workload um on top of like your just overall workload whether that's practice and games and in the gym i spoke to a pro in sweden yesterday And her team has not taken a day off in three weeks. And that is not what you want. And her body is not feeling great. And so you have to look at that. Like, obviously, in minor hockey and stuff, and a lot of our listeners are in AAA or or in junior, you should get days off where those are mandatory. And definitely in college, you have to have at least one day off a week. Um, Training itself, I am more of the mind where you're training does look very similar to your off season the difference is is the volume and or the intensity is changed meaning instead of doing four sets of 10 you're now maybe doing two sets of eight something where the overall difference less maybe the weight is a little less although i'm more i don't mind lifting heavy as long as the volume isn't high and then the sometimes you can either have really high intensity for very few reps. So you can keep some explosive, um, explosive movements, or you can drop the intensity. So it really depends on, you know, what, where you are, your, your athlete itself, but your training should look similar. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong. I used to get it wrong when I was younger, where I would basically wouldn't do anything uh, or we, I do very little or I wouldn't know what I was doing. And I was basically just throwing darts blindly at the dartboard. and, you 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 lose a lot of muscle you you decondition in certain ways that you want to stay conditioned and you lose strength and you you don't feel as good because you are losing muscle mass
0: yeah i think like the one thing i, I agree that you, you said there i think the the big thing to realize if there's like one takeaway is that there are lots of ways of getting stronger and staying strong um And what we know a little bit with some science now, about like what we call the minimal effective dose. So like how little work do you need to do to keep getting stronger or to stay as strong and in, in season, you should try to keep getting stronger. Like it shouldn't just be, Oh yeah, I'm in maintenance now for five or six months. Like you don't need to do that because what we know about getting stronger now is that, like you said, Jamie, like two, two, three sets, where you're like it doesn't even need to be that that heavy mm-hmm. um you get stronger doing that if you do it a couple times a week and that that's like that is enough uh and we we have the the data and the science to back that up, but like you said also is you need to take that you need to take those workouts and be aware of how they're impacting the rest of your hockey right yeah. like if you're trying to go to the gym after a two hour practice on a Monday night or you're going to the gym for an hour before a two hour practice on a Monday night, you have to like really be aware of, okay, how much total work am I doing? How am I going to be able to recover? What does the rut in my next few days look like compared to that? And that's where I think, um, and that's where I do advocate. Like, if you're not sure how you're reacting to that is to consult someone. And like, I'm happy to plug us as people who Mm -hmm. like, if you're trying to balance your training or if you think you should be training right now, uh, we're, we're, I, I, you know, this is what we're
2: qualified to do. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'll speak anecdotally here. So like, obviously, like I, if you follow us, you'll know that I run a remote training and coaching program. And a lot of the, most of the goal is that hop in the program with me either had like their team workouts or it was basically just glorified dynamic warmups or they weren't doing anything. And as soon as they start to hop on, you know, the strength program, they feel noticeably better. They have more energy. They don't, you know, after that little bit of first of, you know, the initial soreness and DOMS that you get from starting any workout program, they, uh, the messages that I've received are pretty good. I mean, in, in season, I'm a big, uh, I like the triphasic system by Cal Dietz. Um, he was the former strength coach of the University of Minnesota hockey team. Um, There's many different ways to skin a cat, obviously, but I like the way that this is structured. And it's funny because if you read the book, Triphasic Training, he would, train these athletes around their exam schedule and so when you look at training it's a stress everything you do basically is putting stress in your body and you need to make sure that you can recover from that stress that's that minimal effective dose that Ben was talking about so for him when were the athletes in college at their highest stress levels around exams so he would peak his training around exams time it's funny in the book he said he wanted his athletes to ha- get colds and be sick around exam times because then he knew he was peaking and then they wouldn't do anything for those exam weeks. They recover from their colds and then they have that super compensation so that the games after they they be flying and they feel good. I don't, it's hard for me to monitor that. Uh, and I definitely don't know if that's the best approach. Mind you, he's won a couple of national championships. So who am I to say? But for me, it's more about structuring their trainings so that you can make positive gains and you feel good and you feel explosive. And then all that work you're putting in in the gym translates to the ice and that's what i want in season well i had off season but in season specifically
0: yeah and let's do let's do a little like case study um i think that'll be helpful i think one of the big things that not us uh, only us but lots of people say is like here's this thing that we should be doing and then like there's no concrete example for people who are maybe a little bit less familiar with what they should be doing so let's take the context um of we'll call it like an older minor hockey or junior hockey or like you know junior athlete um because those schedules truthfully are like kind of similar um in the grand scheme of things let's say you're a team that plays on average three four practices a week one to two games a week so you have anywhere between four and six ice sessions per week which i think is well that's like college it's junior like that's yeah it sounds that sounds about right like i'd say on average probably five a week some weeks with six some weeks with four what are, you, what are you thinking? Um, and then I'll tell you what I would think, which I know you're going to
2: care about a lot. You should care about what I'm going to say. So go ahead. Uh, so obviously, like I said, I follow triphasic training. So it really depends on what phase they're in. So that's how I structure the workouts. But I'm usually, so what I've come to realize is most games are played Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so train lifting in the gym. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are lift days. Now, whether I structure that like lower, upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, or total, total, total is dependent on the athlete. But Monday through Wednesday are lift days. Thursday is in the gym, but it's not a lift. It's either a very light plyo day with very minimal like exercises because plyometrics, they don't seem like it, but are very toxic on your system so it might include no more than 20 jumps total and then like some mobility flow or just like getting general movements so they feel good um and then that their practice volume is usually lower just so that i'm not taxing the body and then they'll play friday saturday sunday and make sure that they're warming up and cooling down properly but that's the general approach in season they take now if so they have like a tuesday game or something we can tweak around we'll tweak around that but um I'm not afraid to train athletes in the season and the athletes that work with me realize that they perform much better when they are lifting in season. Now,
0: without, again, like, obviously give as much as you want here, but how long are you structuring those workouts? So like, is, are you changing your workouts for your athletes? Uh, If they tell you that they're always practicing for 90 minutes, 50 minutes, two hours, are you changing? Like, does your workout change based on their hockey or their duration of practice or what they think practice is going to be difficulty wise things like that
2: um yes and no uh the structure of the workout typically doesn't change i mean if they're on the ice for like 90 minutes to two hours then i will decrease the time in the gym or i will decrease the number of workouts um i probably switch it to two total bodies um like either and spaced out like monday wednesday just so that they get can still maintain and get some benefits and improvement without going over that recovery threshold. Um And then I'm also not afraid. Like the thing is like my program that I run, you know, we have our group chat constantly. Like I have forums and feedback and everyone's giving me information, how they feel daily. So one of my goalies just came back from a showcase where they played just like a heinous amount of games in three days. And he's like, my body's ruined. So I just told him, man, like, take, take two to three days off like you're not lifting for two to three days you can follow the mobility stuff that i gave you if you want but that's not a mandatory like i want you to just go for some walks recover i know you don't have 18 practices but get your body feeling good and then we'll get some lighter workouts in the week in the early in the week while you have practice so that you can kill it this weekend on in the, in the games yeah so i think that's like the the big important distinction is there's lots of times to pull back and push forward
0: um, but I think the other component that I think is worth mentioning here is so like I'm in the same camp. Um, I'm not afraid. I go a little bit further. I'm not afraid to program lifts the day before games, the day of games. Like mm-hmm. I think all of that, like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think one of the big things that people sometimes get their head stuck in, and this is people of all ages. Like I have adult friends who've been lifting for a long time who still feel this way. But like how sore or tired you are after a gym session does not indicate how productive that session was right like you can get a lot stronger you can get more explosive without like pushing your body completely to the point of fatigue that you feel tired the next day or feel really tired for the rest of the day and that's something important to consider too so in season if you're like oh i can't train on on these days i don't want to be sore the next day it's like that's a sign to me and it should be a sign to to you that you're
2: training something is a little bit off of there cuz you you shouldn't be sore like yeah, especially either, like you don't either you don't gonna, need to chase so, that. Yeah, so if you're feeling sore after tra- every training there's a couple of things it's either you're training too hard in that session or you're not training enough throughout the week where that new stimulus is causing you to be sore and you don't want either of those. You want it to have, manage your volume and, tra- and intensity that we talked about, but you also need to train so that you are adapting because that is the purpose of being in the gym is to improve strength, improve explosiveness, improve recovery. Um, And that all adds up over the course of the season. And, you know, like I, I don't typically program lifts day of games for my guys, unless they're college guys because they don't have access to gyms as easily as college hockey players do. And even some of them, sometimes their their strength facility isn't located in the arena with them, so that just makes it a lot more difficult. Um, but there are schools. I know Bowling Green University, like they would max out their lifts, like squats, benches, Olympic lifts, throughout the season, like every two weeks would match it max out. Whether that's the right or the wrong way, I don't know. That's what they do. But they were also absolute units and would bully us when we played, and they were a very good team now did that it was because they were maxing out why is why they were good no, but it didn't hurt them it didn't hurt their performance and so that's the the point I'm trying to make is like there are many different approaches as long as you are lifting and you are lifting somewhat heavy like that is good you'll find a lot of strength coaches in you know the goalie world or the hockey world be like oh you know you guys are fragile and you can't do anything." And, yeah, it's, it's shown that it's you can do that approach if you want, but it's shown that lifting heavy is probably better in the long run and the very worst is not going to hurt your performance.
0: Yeah. And like heavy looks a lot of different ways. So like heavy ish, yeah. <laughs> that's the important distinction. Yeah, like like heavy, heavy, heavy enough to um, force you to, again, create a lot of force when you're moving weights and get stronger, um, but not so heavy. You don't need to get stapled to the floor twice a week. True. Sure.
2: That'd be way cooler if you did
0: yeah and then like one extra side note and this is something i always find interesting uh is that there's like a fear around again and this kind of ties back into there's a fear around that if you're training and you're lifting your performance might decrease because you're doing more i'm gonna be a little bit more a little bit more sore generally sometimes that can happen during different peaks of hockey and like i said more games at a time and there's there's ebbs and flows but what's really interesting is if you're someone who's a little nervous about being a little sore, maybe a little worried about like those delayed onset muscle soreness and DOMS. Like you said, maybe you're just only able to get into the gym once or twice a week. And sometimes it gets a little sore the next day. The, the nice thing is that pretty much all the data that looks at this has shown is that there's like very, very, very minimal effects on performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you can, as much as we just said, like, hey, like if you're feeling crushed after your gym sessions, you're probably doing too much. There's also times where like, you're gonna have a little bit of like muscle tenderness, which is super normal. Uh, and that's like very unlikely to impact your performance. So don't be afraid of like, Oh, my legs are a little bit, you know, a little bit Mm -hmm. sore from yesterday. Like you're fine. You're, you're going to be okay. Like you're, when we look at the tests that monitor our performance. So like after people who have DOMS delayed onset muscle soreness, a little soreness after you work out, like you look at studies where they did broad jump, counter movement jump, uh, other like rate of force production exercises. And it's pretty similar to how they were after not feeling sore. To the point that, like, it's you're okay. It's training during the season to get stronger is good, and the little bits of extra soreness or a little bit of extra fatigue you might have, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, it's largely like it's largely okay.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I think it's and it's also, yeah. I, I Actually, I'm not gonna say that. we'll say that for another episode. Uh, I just want to talk because we were talking about plyometrics, and I want to talk about that in another episode. I think that's good for like an off season episode.
0: Yeah, I don't again, like I think it's 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 really that simple is that like ideally ideally in a perfect world, I would say that if you're over the age of like twelve or thirteen, I think you can get in the gym twice a week during the season. I think that's a great time to learn. And I also think if you are someone listening, if you're a parent, you're a coach, uh, and you primarily work with athletes of uh, boys and girls between the ages of like eleven and fifteen, like that is the like most optimal window for muscle stimulus of like any age in the, or strength stimulus because of the hormones that are occurring at that age for, Mm -hmm. for boys and girls. So like, there's this beautiful pocket of time where you can get so strong. Um, And I know some athletes who I coached during that window who like just got so astronomically strong in such a short period of time during the right window. And so like, I think don't miss your window because you're in season for six months Right. Like if like you that's, miss your window,
2: you're going to end up like me at 29 and not as strong as I would like to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, again, going back, like re- rewind the clock. Like I was I started lifting when I was 13, um, but like I didn't take it seriously enough because I was a 13 year old kid who didn't take it seriously. Um, And like, I also kind of missed that window, too. So yeah. even though I'm still strong at J. So that's true. <laughs> stronger but and this is my last my last, maybe last story but i always find this interesting is uh the first time i cleaned 300 pounds was the day after a six-hour road trip game that we had granted i I did sit on the bench the game um so but the next day was
2: primed and ready to go
0: yeah i sat on the bus all the way and then i sat on the bench and then i sat right back on the
2: bus and then <laughs> the next day i cleaned 300 pounds you had um, that you had the, like two hours of cryotherapy that's what did it for you it was yeah. obviously the cryo I was
0: I was again like, I don't know if you ever were this way, and this is a side story, but like when there's some games where I was backing up where I was the absolute definition of a
2: space cadet, just oh, staring oh, into the world, no oh, idea where I was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I would not pay attention one bit, yeah, and that's not it's, great, but anyways I, when was, I was just when I was starting I was a starter and backing up, it was even worse because that was my day off like I was I was taking that off. Yeah, fully off. Physically, (laughs) mentally, I was off. Which is this is maybe we'll say this one for another time. But like when you're totally
0: when you're totally lost in space and time, and then your team lets up three goals in twelve seconds, (laughs) and you get thrown in, and you don't have any part of your part of your body can be nervous because your brain isn't functioning. So like you just go in and you're like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Like came all this
2: way, might as well.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. for another that's for another time. But another anyways, you can train during the season and you should. Yeah. And so if you're not sure. training during the season and you want to start um, and you're listening to this, reach out to myself or Jamie. Um, we're happy to to talk about things and if see if you can kind of get involved in what Jamie's doing with his group. If you're a little bit younger, we also offer a bunch of other different things that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you live in the greater Toronto area. And you're listening to this starting in two weeks. Come train with me Um, in person. That's my plug, Jamie.
2: Okay. Do what you need to do. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. You know, give us a like comment rating, subscribe. Um, If you have any questions, comment them down below in this video or reach out to us directly. Um, Especially. Yeah. I have nothing more to add. Pretty good.
0: Thanks for listening as always. Thanks.